You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. And I'm Laura Brodnick. And hello, it is a short week. I'm thriving at the fact that it's only (laughs) four-day week. Love it. I'm only here today and tomorrow before I go on a little adventure to the Kimberley, so I wouldn't have been here the end of the week. So we've got a small window of time together, but that's okay. It's quality, not quantity. So we've got to get all the Laura Brodnick opinions (laughs) in a really small amount of time. Squeeze them into two days. I haven't (laughs) seen you for a few days, but I hear you've been hanging out with celebrities without me. Yeah, so. So on Thursday night, I went to the album launch party for Rita Ora's album, which is coming out next month. I don't know why I was there. Just disclaimer. I don't know how I managed to sneak my way into <laughs> Do that Do you think party. there's a different Chelsea that was sitting at home yeah. being like, I can't believe I wasn't invited to that when they told me I was going to be. What do you mean? You're like an entertainment reporter. I know, but I really didn't feel like I belonged in that okay. room. It was a lot of <laughs> fancy people. It was a really good time. Rita Ora has a tequila brand, which sort of sponsored sure. all the cocktails. So, you know, naturally that was a good time. Time. I have a selfie with Rita Ora. I have not yet shared it on social media. Oh, what? I was going to say, because I Laura Brodnick, we all look a little bit trolly. <laughs> I'm not sure. That makes it more fun. It's not like a weird celeb pose thing. You were partying together. I'll show, show you. Show me. It I'll tell here. you if we can uh, post it. That looks great. Are you sure? No, because you all do look it's... a little drunk and it looks a bit seedy, but that's what makes it better. <laughs> Rita Ora has her sultry head like pressed against your cheek. It's not fair that she looks that good. And she's also like cutting off half your face, but yes, that's okay. <laughs> which honestly, thank you, Rita, for that. <laughs> like her face real estate is more important. Mm-hmm. We'll keep an eye out for that on socials. I may yeah. share it if I no, get over No, we're going to put on the spill. We're going to put on the spill feed, everyone. <laughs> but, you know, anyway, let's talk about today. We do actually have a show to get on <laughs> that's with. That's not you and getting drunk with Rita Ora. <laughs> so Amy Schumer has called out her fellow celebrities, telling them to stop lying about taking drugs like Ozempic for weight loss. We need to talk through her comments, the reactions and what it all means. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot goss? I want more headlines. Well, kicking things off today, Paramount Australia has announced the cast for the new spin-off series, NCIS Sydney. So if you're not excited by that, maybe you should be because it is one of the most successful TV dramas in the world. It's been the number one ranking drama in the US for many, many years, all the decades it's been on. And it's got quite a lot of American spin-offs. So you've got NCIS, NCIS Los Angeles, NCIS Hawaii and NCIS New Orleans. Oh my god! <laughs> Do you like how I said those? And now for the first time ever, there is an international series and it's NCIS Sydney. So today they announced the cast and it'll be led by special agent Michelle McKay, played by Olivia Swan from DC's Legends of Tomorrow, one of my favourite shows. And the other lead is going to be Sergeant Jim JD, because that's what every crime guy's <laughs> name is, Dempsey, played by Tom Lassance from Spartacus War of the Damned, is the credit they have listed here. That's not <laughs> the credit they should be listing. He was Aiden and Home and Away, who cried over his wife Belle's death, and it was a very formative moment for me. I love that man. That's where I know him from Home and Away as well. Also, I interviewed him before for, I can't even remember what, some TV show he was on, and he is like a little theatrical spirit trapped in like a global TV star kind of hot man's body. Beautiful blonde yeah. man. <laughs> home and Away body. <laughs> Well, that is going to start filming soon. It'll be on our screen. So if you've ever wanted to see your favourite crime franchise taking place in Australia, now's your chance. 
The 76th Annual Tony Awards took place over the weekend, of course honouring the best of the past year's Broadway theatre. The show was hosted by Ariana DeBose for the second year in a row, but this year was a little different due to the ongoing WGA writers' strike. Welcome to the 76th Annual Tony Awards! My God! We don't have a script, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, I am live and unscripted. You're welcome. So the show, and I think her accent as well, were totally unscripted. With the only <laughs> words appearing on the teleprompters at all through the night, please wrap up, obviously telling the winners to, you know, get off the stage in yeah. their acceptance speeches. So this meant there was no opening monologue. So she instead launched straight into an extended dance number, which I think is just how the Tonys should go all the time anyway. Yeah, usually the opening of the Tonys, this is my special interest area. Yes, I know. (laughs) Those can be some of the biggest kind of viral moments that the internet brings us. I liked her opening moment and I understand there are restrictions, but, you know, nothing will ever, ever compete with Neil Patrick Harris. Let's make it bigger. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. We might go bigger. That's right, it's bigger. It's Broadway's greatest night and we're raring to go. Let's make it bigger. If anyone hasn't seen that and you need a little pick-me-up or you need to feel happy, go and watch that on YouTube. Greatest opening to an award show ever. That's a big call. 100%. I've done the research. The show itself was obviously a little chaotic. At one point, DeBose was meant to introduce presenters, but she couldn't read the notes that she'd had on her arm. Scribbled on her arm. <laughs> I like, sweated off because she was too busy doing a dance number. Exactly. So she had no idea what was going on. And I'm going to tell you that Best Featured Actress in a Play is up next. And also, I don't know what these notes stand for. So please welcome whoever walks out on stage next. I really like the large laugh that you can hear at the end there is Lin-Manuel Miranda. He's loving it. He's thriving. But, you know, besides that sort of little bit of chaos, the show ended up being a pretty historic night. So we had two Broadway performers, Alex Newell and Jay Harrison Gee, who became the first openly non-binary actors to win Tony Awards, which is a huge deal for the industry and also this massive conversation that's been going around Mm -hmm. on how to sort of bring non-binary people into these big award shows that have always been separated into male and female categories. In particular, Alex Newell, there was a lot of excitement behind their win. They won the Tony Award for Best Performance by an Actor in a Featured Role in a Musical for the New Musical called Shucked, which I'm dying to see because I've heard it's amazing. And obviously a lot of people first came to love Alex Newell on Glee. You know how much I care about Glee. (laughs) So yeah, there was like a big push behind that. And they gave a really beautiful speech when they got up on stage. Thank you for seeing me, Broadway. I should not be up here as a queer, non-binary, fat, black, little baby from Massachusetts. (laughs) And to anyone that thinks that they can't do it, I'm going to look you dead in your face that you can do anything you put your mind to. Now that should have been the end of it. We should have all just celebrated Alex and everyone should have brought more tickets to see their show, follow them on Instagram, celebrate their win, all that sort of stuff. But unfortunately, because this is the way the internet works, some Glee drama followed their win. And that's because Leah Michelle was in attendance at the Tonys, posing on the red carpet, announcing an award, and also doing one of the big closing numbers of the show from Funny Girl, Don't Rain on My Parade. And she had been online earlier making Glee jokes herself and like posting saying, oh. Rachel Berry is so happy right now. As we 
we have talked about at length on this podcast. I feel and like one day I will write a book about this. Yeah, I was about to say, this should be the thing you write 50,000 words on. I know, I could, <laughs> is that her character on Glee, Rachel Berry, that was her big show-stopping number, she always dreamed of being at the Tonys. And so when Alex won, there was a lot of online chatter around the fact that it looked like Alex kind of walked past Leah and blanked her and everyone was saying, like, it just feels like sweet justice that Alex Newell, who came on to Glee and, like, was a beloved character but wasn't the lead like Leah Michelle was, has now won a Tony over Leah Michelle, who couldn't win one for Funny Girl because she's not eligible because she didn't originate the role. So that was all taking over the chatter online, which was super disappointing. And then Leah Michelle potentially proving once and for all that she can read because she was super <laughs> across. Oh, God. She knew what people were saying online or she had Jonathan Groth read it out to her. I don't know. Before she posted any kind of other pics of herself, posted a selfie of her and Alex to her Instagram feed, congratulating them on their win. So trying to, I think, close out all that chatter that there was some sort of beef between them. Oh, because I just saw a lot of people on Twitter being like, that's the best thing that could have happened is Alex winning this award and walking past Lee Michelle. And I don't know, people reading into what Lee Michelle's face looked like. I feel like we love a feud naturally. And also Lee Michelle is sort of like this big internet villain in a way. And so it was sort of, I guess a lot of people were really enjoying what they saw as sort of like a comeuppance. Yeah. No one loves petty drama more than me. The pettier, the better. But I think that also what was kind of being forgotten is that this isn't actually actually petty drama because mm. Samantha Way, the actress, made some pretty horrific claims about Leah Michelle and the racial bullying that she suffered on Glee. And as far as I'm aware, unless I've missed something in the landscape of the internet, which is very possible, Alex Newell didn't make any allegations against Leah Michelle, but was very supportive of Samantha Ware and their experience and everything that's happened since Leah Michelle was kind of given this big career resurgence off the back of that. So Mm -hmm. like that was all kind of playing out in the background, which kind of made it not fun, petty drama. But at the same time, Alex Newell winning is amazing. So I feel like that should be the focus. And that's what you missed on Glee. So Amy Schumer appeared on the latest episode of Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. And she spoke about a lot of things about Bravo, obviously, and all of that Bravo drama. She spoke about Barbie movies, a whole bunch of stuff. But it's what she said about Ozempic a.k.a. semaglutide. I've tried to pronounce my... I love that. You're like a scientist. I know. I was like, let's just channel my inner pharmacist. Not that there is one, but, you know, (laughs) semaglutide. And we really wanted to talk about that because it's quite interesting. So Ozempic is one of the brand names of semaglutide, which is a type 2 diabetes drug that balances blood sugar levels, which has been kind of co-opted, I suppose, by the weight loss industry and is essentially the celebrity drug of choice for weight loss currently. Basically, Schumer threw down the gauntlet a little bit to other celebrities in Hollywood, telling them to stop lying about how they've lost weight. Now, everybody lying, everyone's like, a smaller portion. Like, shut the <laughs> f*** up. Right, right. You're on Ozempic. When I got lipo, I was like, I got lipo. Right. Okay? So, like a year ago, I tried it. Okay. You know, it's like, you know, you try it. And I was one of the people that felt, like, so sick and, like, couldn't, like, play with my son. I was so <laughs> skinny, and I was just like, like, he was throwing a ball at me, and it was just... So I guess my first initial thought is basically like, I appreciate that she's not treating us like we're complete and utter fools that can't see that something suspicious is happening in Hollywood at large, right? I appreciate that she's like, look, I tried this. It was a bit shit. I wanted to try it. Didn't like it. Everyone else is probably using it as well. Like we know. 
Yeah, I loved that refreshing take from her. And I think she's one of the few people in the entertainment industry who I think can speak that way without damaging her brand in any way because that is her brand. But I also think that this little soundbite and all the articles around it that are popping up since she went on the show have really headlined it around the fact that she's calling out other actresses. Basically, they're kind of burning it down into some sort of Hollywood catfight Mm -hmm. between different women. Whereas I think if you listen to what she's saying, that's not the big takeaway. For me, the big takeaway is that she's talking about a lot of the terrible side effects and her talking about not being able to play with her son and feeling sick and coming off the drug and also talking about the fact that she got liposuction in the past, which is something she's been really open about. I think the bigger takeaway here is that we're really challenging these Hollywood women to be honest just because we don't want them to feel like they've cheated the system don't say that you're dieting and exercising when you're taking a drug. But I think the bigger question is don't say you're dieting or exercising when you're taking a drug that we know has potentially or, you know, almost in many cases, completely bad health side effects, dangerous health side effects that then heaps of other people will want to take because they're seeing celebrities do it and they're only seeing this quote-unquote good side and not the Mm. dangerous side. Yeah, you you know, like you'll see someone on a red carpet and they'll talk about how they're exercising or as Amy Schumer says, like, eating smaller portions. And you don't know that, like, they may have for the past week had nausea, had diarrhea, had constipation, like all of these terrible things that are side effects of this drug and that's not being spoken about. Because I was writing about this this morning, I sort of tried to do a little bit of research. I'm, again, not a pharmacist, but like <laughs> trials. Oh, you keep saying that, Liza, that's going to be shocking news <laughs> yeah, to anyone. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, I thought Your she side was. career. <laughs> Dr. Chelsea, no. Trials for Ozempic and semaglutide have been done, obviously, you know, with patients that have diabetes or obesity, and they sort of track how it can result in weight loss for people that are taking it for a medical reason, right? But there are unsurprisingly like a lack of studies and particularly long-term studies that look at people who just take Ozempic because they want to. Like we have no idea what this could mean down the the track. the long, long long-term side effects in terms of like over like a 10-year or even more period, like controlled study Mm. group of like all different people, which is kind of the data that you need to actually find something out. Obviously, there's people who have spoken about their own experience, but not that sort of long-term data. Mm. And so it says so much that without knowing what this could mean and with those short-term side effects being, you know, fairly serious side effects, that that's not being talked about because – weight loss or like looking skinny on a red carpet is held up as much more important. That is so disturbing to me. Oh, 100%. And what I also think is interesting about this is that we're beginning to draw this really kind of like strong line in the sand and women in Hollywood, which I also have a bit of a problem with because it's always calling out these kind of individual women. Kyle Chandler, that's a Real Housewives, that's your people. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks she's on Ozempic and she's, you know, keeps saying, no, 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 I'm not. Mindy Kaling, who we've talked about before, has done big magazine covers showing off her like new bikini body and it's because she loves hiking and everyone's like, tell the truth, tell the truth. Yeah. And I feel like it's not about these sort of individual women, although that would be helpful. And I think it's about pinning down these individual women and getting them to sort of tell the truth about Mm. what they're doing like is the world going to stop using Ozempic if we find out Mindy Kaling like if she says officially on the record that she is taking it so I feel like it's quite dangerous to just pin down these individual women and put everything on them I think what's happening is there's becoming this thing where you're either very outspoken about it or you don't mention it at all 
in terms of like taking weight loss drugs. And I just don't think either of those are helpful in a way because calling an individual woman isn't helpful. Lying about it and having it be this kind of open secret, like if you just take this little injection, yeah. you'll instantly be thin and beautiful is also really dangerous. And it's become a bit of a gotcha. Like I yeah. think we look at women on the red carpet and it is mostly women. I'm sure there are dudes in Hollywood taking oh, this, yeah. but like that's just not where the culture wants to have the conversation, oh, yeah, yeah. right? But, you know, you look at someone on the red carpet and it's like a gotcha where you want to be like, they're taking, you know, well, various drugs. Well, that's how this came up in the interview is that Andy Cohen said he, one of his favourite things to play is watching all the red carpets and events and seeing who's on Ozempic, oh, which is something else a lot of like podcasts I listen to of like people who work in that kind of Hollywood LA scene, you know, who are like entertainment reporters mm. or anything like that. So they all have group chats around like who's got Ozempic body and like that's like the game that gets played on red carpets now. And again, it is kind of looking like a game instead of a kind of serious issue about not just what's happening with these women, but the flow on effect. But like when you see these women now, I know we're not supposed to talk about bodies or like who's bigger and smaller and that sort of thing. But once you see it, you cannot mm. unsee it and it becomes all encompassing. Again, I don't know what the Kardashians are doing. They haven't said they're on SMP or any weight loss drugs. I know in particular, Chloe has been through a super stressful time and that would definitely affect your diet. But watching this new season of the Kardashians, there is something wrong and it's maybe easy to see with them because we've been watching them on screen so closely for over a decade that seeing how they look now and the way that their faces look and the way their bodies look and the drastic difference, obviously something's going on. And the fact that that is kind of just not being addressed and it's being glossed over is like, we love to work out, we're gym rats, mm. it's just not... It's it is, not it. It's interesting who is able to address it. Like Amy Schumer, obviously, but the only other sort of major celebrity besides sort of Bravo stars that I've seen be open about it was Chelsea Handler. And I feel yeah. like those two as female comedians who sort of have a same sort of rude sense of humor, yeah. like they seem to be sort of crass. I feel like those two are in a good position to be able to talk about it. And like we almost expect it from them, right? But the Kardashians for a decade plus have almost gaslit us about what work they've had done and, you know, how natural they are. And so it sort of tracks that they, I feel like this is such a hard conversation. It's, it's hard, like, yeah, again, because you point. don't want to call out individual women, but then you're seeing some yeah. individual cases. So now we're just coming in this weird loop where we're calling out these particularly famous women without addressing the bigger problem here that is going to trickle down into wider society once more people start taking drugs to look like these celebrities is what's going to happen. Oh, God. I guess my main takeaway is that this shit is not glamorous. No. Like, nothing here is nice and glossy and easy. Yeah. And I think like even though we're talking about really, really toxic things, toxic diet culture, the more that we talk about how difficult and gross it is, I think that helps to dismantle it as like this thing to really this hold up. This glamorous drug, exactly. Yeah. We did do an explainer on Mamma Mia with some expert commentary that's not from pharmacist Chelsea. So <laughs> we will link that in the show notes if you want to have a read. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick with audio production by Leah Porges. And our executive producer is Gia Moylan. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au and on The Spill Instagram. Bye. Bye.